Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. You may have noticed from my voice, I have the flu. I've had it for about a week and a half. I got it on a cruise ship working for NCL. I won't say their name. But... I got it and I had to miss two shows. For some of you who are just tuning in, I perform stand-up on cruise ships. I do clubs and colleges, but also do cruise ships. And I got and I was doing a two-week run. The second week got the flu. And when you get the flu on a cruise ship, they isolate you in your room. 72 hours so for 72 hours I could not leave my room my room does not have a balcony as a porthole so no fresh air no window to open me in a room with maybe three cable channels (laughs) and eating whatever food that they bring to you because I could not leave the room to go get my own food so they brought me whatever they wanted to bring me which by the way was not flu complimentary to say the least when you have the flu you typically want to drink bone broth soups things that are hot Um, staying away from dairy, spicy foods, processed foods, and the like. They decided to bring me cookies, cakes, donuts, pizza, pasta, all the things that would make my flu symptoms worse. They would throw in occasionally some, uh, some fish or fruit, But I had to ask for those things. So it's really interesting because even when I talked to the the ship doctor about dietary restrictions when I have the flu, he was like, ah, there are none. I was like, what? So I'm fascinated by how little we still know about food and its impact on our body and, um, its ability to either help us or hurt us or just kind of keep us in whatever state we are in. Um, But needless to say, I'm very grateful that I had food coming to me. When when I think about the number of people in the world who don't have access to any food, who would love cookies, cakes, and donuts, there was some guilt at not eating it or throwing it away. Um, because once they, they hand it to me, they, they couldn't, you know, the, the, the fear of contamination, it, it had to be whatever wasn't eaten was discarded. Um, so I noticed that there was some guilt, like I should eat this because there are people who can't eat it. Um, but at the same time, I'm thinking if I eat this, then it'll prolong my, my sickness or exacerbate at the very least exacerbate my flu symptoms at cough and, and phlegm and things of that nature. Um, so I'm 
just now getting over it, I still sound nasally. I'm no longer contagious when I, I, I tested for it. I no longer test for it. But I, I bring that up to say I'm very grateful for you, the listeners, because uh, one of you sent me an email about a book called The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse by Charlie Maxey. And it's a children's book. And uh, this person recommended it to me. And initially, my brain was like, I don't read children's books, picture books. This is preposterous. However, because I love all of my fans and, um, and I am open to new experiences and you know, being pleasantly surprised, I found the free audio version book on Spotify. It's a one-hour uh, audio listen. I downloaded it before I got on a cruise ship. And as I'm in the room and I'm staring down these cookies, cakes, and donuts that I'm, I'm being besieged with on a daily basis, because you know, if you know me, I, I, I could, I'll eat the cookies, cakes, and donuts. Um, but there's a part of the story Part of the story of the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse um, is that I think it's the boy that says, in the beginning of the story, I don't think there's anything better than cake. And he goes on about how great cake is. There's nothing better than cake. But as the relationship between the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse, as it develops, and they get closer together and they start sharing their fears and challenges and ideas and thoughts and hopes and expectations and they go through a few challenges together. Towards the end, the boy goes, I think I've discovered something better than cake. And the fox says, what? The boy says, a hug. Every time I looked at the cookies, cakes, and donuts that were coming to me, I thought a hug would be so much better. I would really love a hug right now, especially you know if you've had the flu, you you get the shakes and the tremors, and um, you know you, you just are very you get like bone cold, and so just thinking of the hug. And thinking of how the boy wanted a hug and and realized that that was so much better because I think there's a point in the book where they all hug. That that helped to warm me, and that helped to um, to like nurture me, and 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 I actually felt held. And I and then I started to think about. I started to scroll my mind of times I felt held, of times that I've hugged and been hugged and felt hugged. And then I start to scroll my mind of times where I wanted a hug but didn't ask for it because I, I, did, I wasn't aware that that's what I needed or wanted in the moment. I started scrolling my mind, which brings me to the second book, the comfort book. You know, I've started reading short passages 
from the comfort book by Matt Haig. And this also comes as a, a kind of a request from you, the listeners, of doing an episode about comfort, which I've, I've done, I think, a few episodes back. And in the research for that episode, I discovered this book, The Comfort Book, and on every page, there's a, a just a different anecdote about how to comfort ourselves. So on page 110, Matt Haig has uh, a section called Scroll Your Mind. So here it is, quote, Social media can be a gallery of lives you aren't living, of diets you aren't following, of parties you're not attending, of vacations you're not on, of fun you're not having. So cut yourself a break and scroll your mind instead. Scroll your consciousness for reasons to be grateful to be you. The only fear of missing out that matters is the fear of missing out on yourself. End quote. Ooh, I really love that reading. Scroll your mind. I, I practice that at night when, you know, my mind wants to ruminate about one particular thing that really is bothering me or pissing me off or upsetting me or just getting under my skin, my craw, so to speak, I start scrolling my mind for moments that I'm grateful for or just for other events that happen throughout the day. It's very easy to get stuck on the one thing that didn't work, that didn't meet our expectations that really bothered us um, but it, it, it takes effort to scroll our mind to see hey here's some other things that happened today remember the person that opened the door for you or the as you were driving the car that let you on to the turnpike or the the lady that waved or the the clerk that asked you how your day was you know, I went into this um, uh, bookstore that I typically frequent, and I've been going in there for years, and there's, you know, the more I go in, the more I feel connected to the people. The, the, the more I start asking them questions about their lives, and they ask me questions about my life, and to the point where I went in, and this lady shared something very personal with me, and, and we shared a hug. And she's an employee there. And I was like, wow, I've been coming in for so long and just slowly cultivating these peripheral relationships, these lateral connections that I talk about, that it, it brought me to a space where I can feel connected with this person and this person feels connected with me. And, and it took, it took you know, it's, I've been in this neighborhood for about a year, and I'm just now kind of seeing the fruition of just slowly exposing myself, being vulnerable, opening myself up, and letting them in and them letting me in. And I see that at the grocery store. And, and, and these are, are small connections that they make a difference in your day. They can really help to break up um, 
any tension, any thoughts, any thoughts, behaviors, patterns that might be accumulating that may not be serving you. You know, that that hello from a from a stranger, from a neighbor, that can that can really kind of bring you back to earth, help ground you, help help you feel seen and heard. And so I'm very grateful for that. And and tying into that, you know, today is January second, I believe. And uh Michelle and I we had a, a small gathering of friends. Uh it was about 14 of us total, including Michelle and I. I guess 15 if we're throwing uh, Mila the dog in there. And it was beautiful because I got to see, once again, the fruition of building lateral connections. I've been going to this thing called Toastmasters. Those of you who have been tuning in for a while, you're aware of that. And Part of the reason of going to Toastmasters is a place where you can practice giving a speech and impromptu speaking was to build community connections and relationships. I, I love to meet people and I love to connect with people, but I'm, I also love to meet and connect with people around a purpose or a cause or, you know, we're doing something. So Toastmasters check those boxes for me. And there was a few times where I wanted to quit. I was like, this is, this is dumb. This is stupid. I, you know, I don't really like people, blah, blah, blah. But to see, I think, five people, the people that I invited over came over, and they, they brought a friend. And so to see them show up and mingle with our, our, our friends that we've, been inviting for a while and, and see our neighbors show up that we've been building connections with and have everyone, you know, get along. And it just it just worked beautifully. I, at the end of the, the night, Michelle and I high-fived it and, and took a moment to realize how lucky we are to, to have friends, to have space, you know, one, to have space to have friends over. Um, and then two, that to have friends that want to come over and and break bread and 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 sharing the new year with us is really beautiful. But it was a demonstration of of effort put in to relationships, into connections. The you know whether it's uh, you know talking on the phone for a while or just sharing photos or texting back and forth or whatever it is, but just showing up. And when you show up for others, hopefully in return, people show up for you as they did. So um, really, really nurturing. Got a lot of hugs that night. And um, it it was something that the soul needed. Um, So so very grateful. And and very grateful to, to you, the listeners, for supporting the podcast for over 500 episodes. So cool. Um, With that, Michelle and I, yesterday, tying into the New Year's Eve of it all, every three months, Michelle and I ask ourselves three questions that are preliminary check-in questions to get 
a conversation started about where we feel we are in the relationship. And now, even if you're single, these are questions that you can ask yourself. And there's five questions plus a a sixth kind of follow-up question. The first question is, how have you been feeling in the relationship in general? I like that question. How have you been feeling in the relationship in general? And for me, I was sharing how I felt spacious in the relationship. Spacious. I think there's sometimes where a person can feel uh, trapped or restricted. And I was feeling like that for a few reasons. One uh, were health issues. It was kind of restricting my, where I felt safe and comfortable going. And so I, I, I kind of felt trapped in my own body, not knowing you know the extent of my asthma and dysautonomia and all these. And then the sciatica, it was just, a lot of it was related to health. And so now that I'm feeling like it's more manageable, I'm feeling more spacious in the relationship. And then the second question is, is there anything you'd like to see change or improve in the next three months? And I love that question, change or improve in the next three months. Because I think when we try to tackle things by a year, that can seem too overwhelming. It's too far out to, to consider and think about. But three months seems like a digestible amount of time. And then the third question is, is there anything you want to make sure stays the same in the next three months? Which is a really cool question because there are things that I think a lot of times we, we think so much about the change you want to make, the improvement, or, so, uh, you know, could even we even maybe even be thinking about the losses, um, but not recognizing that there are things that we don't want to change because we, we love how that's going, whether it's our health or our job or our friendships, um, whatever that is. We want to keep certain things the same instead of focusing on all the things that need to change, right? And then the fourth question is. Does it feel like we've evolved and are on track on a track that feels good for you? That's a really cool question. Now, just because um, a person is evolving or things are evolving, it doesn't necessarily denote progress, right? Um, a person could evolve to have horns on their head. Um, a person can evolve to... Um, you know, with the with the um, with the rounded shoulders, you know, when they they're showing that because we're spending so much time sitting, typing, driving on our cell phones, that um, the younger and younger people are starting to get that curve in their back. So they're evolving with a curvature in their back. So you know, evolution isn't necessarily towards the positive. So you, you really want to be clear on. Um, and specific on the ways in which you feel like you're evolving and what are you evolving to, which is why that's the second part of that question is so important of, you know, uh, and are on a track that feels good for you. Do you. So do you feel like you're evolving in a direction that feels good for you? All right. Um, and then the fifth question, last one, 
what are our goals for this relationship in the next three months, both emotional and logistical goals? That's a, I really love that question because that part of emotional goals and logistical goals. So an emotional goal would be, I really want us to feel uh, safe and secure emotionally. And then logistically, I'd love for us to travel to a new state park, you know, once a month, you know, that can be a logistical goal. So it's like, how do you, how do you want to feel? Do you want to feel, do you feel like we need to spice things up emotionally in the next three months? Uh, Do you feel like we need to um, have more fun or be more playful? That can be an emotional goal. So what are your emotional goals? And then what are your logistical goals? And then for future check-ins, reflect back on past answers and include the question, are we where we hope to be in our relationship when we talked about this three months ago? If so, is this how we want to continue? If not, how do we get to where we want to be? So I hope those questions help to ground you and guide you in the direction that you want to go for the next three months in 2024. Um, They've helped us. They ground us. um, They give us a a common vocabulary. That's that's the beautiful part is that it it gives, because we're co-creating these three-month goals together, then we have a common vocabulary for the next three months um, that ties back into our responses to this. And this can be the same for you. Uh, When you start to feel lost or unsure, you can come back to what you've written here. Remember, it's just for the three months. Um, And then at three months, you can sit down and reflect and see what worked, what didn't work, and what needs to be adjusted. Um, So thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself. Um, I'll leave you with a random, (laughs) I bought this book called The Book of General Ignorance. And (laughs) it has these random facts in there. And if you're a person who likes random facts, uh, one of the random facts uh, or the question is, how high is cloud nine? Right? I always hear people say, I'm floating on cloud nine. I didn't realize there really is a, a, a cloud nine. So answer is, according to the International Cloud Atlas Scale, cloud zero is the highest type of cloud known as cirrus. The wispy streaks that can be as high as 40,000 feet. Cloud nine is the cumulonimbus, the massive brooding thundercloud. It's at the bottom of the scale because a single cloud can cover the whole range from as low as a few thousand, a few hundred feet to the very edge of the stratosphere, uh, nearly 50,000 feet. So basically, instead of saying you're as high as cloud nine, what you probably want to say is that you're as high as cloud zero because cloud zero is the highest type of cloud, and that's known as cirrus. Uh, So a little fun fact for you today. I hope that you discover fun facts about your life, yourself, and the world around you 
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. Remember, this podcast is not a substitute for you calling the 988 or any of the other 800 numbers. You can chat, talk, text. You can go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Let's get to tomorrow together.